I'm Jody Weitz, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Hi, welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody Weitz, your results coach and personal growth specialist, creating incredible relationships in order for you to realize your vision. I'm here today with Jamie S. Camellia. Hi, Jamie. Janie? Hi, Jody. Janie is the founder and licensed esthetician of Moonstone Skin and Body Care. After much reflection while working in corporate public relations and reminiscing about her introduction to the field of aesthetics as a child by her beloved grandmother, Janie sought out on a new path and a new profession that would integrate wellness into your and her daily routine. Acting from her highest truth and passion, Janie founded Moonstone Skin and Body Care in 2009. Her focus is on providing the best facials and skincare treatments and solutions for her clients. Moonstone has been selected as the best skin care provider in Marin County, California from the Marin IJ Breeders Choice Awards for 2018, 2019, and 2020. Most recently, Jamie has expanded her services virtually, including online skin care consultations, at-home facial treatments, and virtual spa parties, which can all be done from the comfort of your home. Welcome, Janie. Hi, Jody. Nice to see you. You as well. Great. You know, we have so many great things to talk about, but I really want to know, because, you know, check you out, Marin IJ Reader's Choice Awards for the last three years. That is awesome. Now, what makes you or your business unique, or how do you make a difference with your clients? Uh, I, for myself personally, I always, I always put myself in the, you know, where my client sits. I always think to myself, knowing what's happening around us, um, you know, both as a working professional woman and um, having, you know, a family and what's going to make the most of it. So I know education has always been number one for me. So I'm constantly educating myself on the newest services and the newest uh, techniques and you know, being able to provide the most, you know, unique techniques, but also respecting the fact that I come from an organic background and training. So I always try to integrate modern technology with, you know, um, you, the old, not older technology, but I would say things that have already existed. And then I know that are too, you know, that are, um, work like Ayurvedic practices and different, you know, Chinese medicine, different different things that you, I know you know a lot about, and uh, I just try to integrate it with the newest stuff that's coming out, like stem 
stem cell technology. And I think of my clients when I'm doing this, like I know they want to come in and always, most clients come in and they have one hour to themselves. I mean, that's it. And so when they come in, I always try to think of like, how can I maximize this one hour, be able to provide the best services they can and make the results that they want within that hour. So I'm always trying to integrate the old versus the new and then making sure I'm educating myself. And uh, last year, or for two years, I focused on um, Reiki energy healing. So that way, when my clients come in, they experience more than just a facial, they get some grounding, they get some energy healing. So I know now, and now I've advanced it now even to virtual, which is a whole different gamut, as you know, but it's working. I mean, it really is. And my clients are appreciative. So those who can't come in, but want to still seek out um, some support can come to me for virtual services as well. That's great. It really sounds like, you know, you take a little about what, what is the best with the old, blend it with the new, and then even throw in, you know, healing technique while they're on the table. So that that's great. I, I'm sure that really sets your services apart from anybody else in the area. So that is great. Now, you also said that you used to be in corporate relations and um, public relations. And this I know was with uh, technology companies. Um, tell me just, give me just a, a minute of that. And then I wanna hear what transitioned you out of that? What, what was going on in your mind to think, I'm going to leave this incredibly well-paying job to something that is risky. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of times, you know, kids, when we graduate from high school and go into college, we don't really know what we want to do or become. We just, you know, our parents have influence and say, so, you know, originally my, my dad wanted me to become an accountant and I was like, Oh, I'm not going to be an accountant. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Um, you were not accountant that. material. I mean, you <laughs> got the smarts, but you are no, such just, much more of a people person. Yeah, but I, yeah. Yeah. But I tried, like I did accounts payable and I worked and um, while going to school and then I got a degree in communications and public relations, which really did, you know, pivot me to work in, um, cause I was a really shy kid. I, I don't think a lot of people know that about me. So I thought to myself, where is the one place I can go that would help me in communications and public relations with that place? So I actually majored in something that I felt like um, that wasn't my strongest suit. And then I ended up in tech, high tech, because it was the era. And I didn't give it a second thought because as soon as I graduated, I was offered, you know, a couple of paying jobs and, you know, your kids straight out of college, you're like, yeah, let's do it. I just want to get a regular paycheck. <laughs> right. I've been poor for so darn long. I want to eat something else besides ramen every night. Exactly, exactly. Pop ramen it was. So off I went and worked in PR and I worked for some really established companies. I actually launched, was part of the team that launched the first Xbox for Microsoft. Huge, huge, huge opportunity. I even got to meet Bill Gates. He personally thanked myself and many others in the team that you know, that day who helped assist with that launch to the public. And I really did honor those opportunities. And as a Latina woman coming into the tech industry and be able to make a real income, and I was a rare breed. There wasn't many of us in, in the tech. So um, I, I felt like, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I stood out, but I definitely felt like I, 
I owed it to myself to explore that industry and see where I could take it. Uh, and I felt like I honored my family too by doing that because, you know, we didn't grow up wealthy. We, my parents were blue collar workers, you know, money was always a struggle. And here I was given this great opportunity to work in tech and make real money. So I did it. Um, it was an amazing experience for a 20 something year old mind, traveled everywhere, met people from all over the world, got to be part of amazing projects. And I really honored it and loved it. And then, you know, as we get older and wiser, I wanted to figure out how I was, where and where I wanted to go next. And I just remember sitting in a meeting at a Microsoft office in Silicon Valley and, and these engineers are all sitting around talking about the latest development XYZ. I don't even remember what it was, Jody. <laughs> interest. Uh, but there's a marketing team, there's the communications team, there's the engineers. We're talking about when and how we're gonna launch this one particular product. And I am seeing their enthusiasm and in some ways, I I envy. I had I didn't honor. I didn't have that same enthusiasm. But I just mm -hmm. so well, I wonder what that feels like, you know. So you you felt yourself kind of getting maybe burned out a little bit, or yeah. the job really wasn't that holding your interest and and the excitement really wasn't enough for you anymore. Yeah, it definitely was. I wanted to feel that passion that they felt, you know, with their what they were doing in their job and their career. And as much as I loved my job, and it, like I said, it allowed me to buy my first home, allowed me to establish myself and take care of myself. And my parents were happy. <laughs> yeah, check that one off the list, right? They're happy, <laughs> but now it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> So I just started at that point in time, I remember just doing some personal reflection. I also went through a big pivot in my life where I tried to have a child and infertility, you know, kind of determined that that wasn't going to happen for me. And um, I always jokingly say that I'm a rare, I'm a Mexican unicorn because I'm a woman with no children, um, but, but I am married, happily married. And I'm, I'm, I appreciate the relationships I do have in my life. And I just thought to myself, there just has to be more. If I'm not going to have you know, the house, the 2.5 children, the dog, the cat, the husband, what else is there for me to do? And, and I just remember, you know, just reflecting a lot. And luckily I live in such the Bay Area where you can have those conversations and you can seek out additional um, support in those areas. So I just started to explore and uh, allowed myself a place. And I remember I took this weekend retreat and this woman who was leading it, she was like a yoga person. She's she said to me, like, where were you the happiest in your life? And I just, huh. I never had given one thought about that, Jody. I don't that's know. A, that's a great question. Yeah, where yeah. were you the happiest? I mean, we just, it sounded like up until that point, you were just almost on autopilot. But in the back of your mind, things started creeping up that, that it wasn't quite right anymore. Yeah. Something just wasn't added up because, of, like I said, the challenge of, you know, the infertility kind of redefines you as a woman, too, you know, because this is a role that we play. Like, we go through this. We become, we're a sister, we're an auntie, then we eventually we become a mother and so on, a grandmother and so on. But what if those things don't happen? And so then I was really exploring that for myself. And when, when that um, yoga teacher, I remember for a yoga retreat, asked that, I had never, ever, ever asked myself that question. And it hit me really hard. And I, I said, and we were supposed to journal in and, you know, do all that. And I did. And, and when people had to share what they were most, where they were the most happiest, mine was um, 
sitting in my grandmother's hair salon and watching people come through and getting their hair done. It was, oh, wow. some people might say the beach or <laughs> hiking in the, you know, the mountains. Mine was just being part of this community and seeing these women, you know, just get, you know, change the more, the nerve, you know, coming in just wanting a new look and they got it when they left. And so and, and knowing what I know about you, Janie is, yeah. Um, you always, you strike me as somebody who wants to serve, who wants to help people, who wants to almost, as what you were in the process of doing, you know, allow them to make a positive transition. So it sounds like your, your grandmother was a big inspiration for you. What did you do after that? What was your jump into aesthetics? Yeah. Um, after realizing that, I it really was like a turning point for me. And I thought to myself, well, if I can't nurture and raise a family, I this nurturing internal instinct of mine can be fulfilled in other areas. Like you were saying, I wanted to serve. I wanted, you know, I did become a big sister at the time and did other, you know, um, things to kind of fulfill of that void. Um, but I really wanted to serve, like you said. And so I just remember allowing myself to see where, what that meant for me, like where, you know, sitting in that hair salon. So I actually went and toured a few, uh, you know, places where they do hair, but aesthetics stuck out to me because I grew up, I'm a, I was a kid of acne early on. And I just remember reflecting again, my grandmother coming back over and over to me, showing, almost showing me the way do this whole experience like um she gave me my first book on aesthetics how to make your own mask from home with egg whites and oatmeal and <laughs> this is like you know this book was probably in the 70s and she gave it to me in the 80s so uh so I just remember just always having an interest and because of my acne as a child and through my 20s and and I do remember visiting an esthetician who like just came and just cleared my acne with not a problem within six months. And I just thought to myself, this is it. Like this is, people need to know about this. People need to know there is options, not just, you know, I did try the traditional medicine and do all the things to yeah. try to address my acne and my stuff and infertility, of course, treatments cause that stuff to come back up yeah. again. And so I kept turning to aesthetics to help with that. And um, yeah, so don't know much about my dad and that's a whole other story but my mom would share with me that my dad had really bad acne and so I just remember thinking to myself this you know I saw it on myself and I just didn't want it like I wanted the acne gone and aesthetics was able to do that without the medication just regular treatments coming in for facials and acne treatments was there and I thought to myself people need to know about this I don't think yeah. they know enough about aesthetics nor do they know this is an option that they can choose or go in conjunction with what the physicians are using. So yeah. I just pivoted myself into that industry and just started doing everything I can to learn about aesthetics. And then I eventually enrolled into Synthia Veda Institute in San Francisco. Great. And it really sounded like it was, it was both warm and fond memories from your grandma 
and then you you did something and you said wow i you know this is something that i need to do this is a really strong way i can help people and then you know what i really like what you've done is is you've really put a, a twist even way back when of using organic products you know and not those toxic topicals and even internal amoxicillin that were prescribed back when you were influenced maybe with pure more natural ingredients um which is great so i gotta say kudos to you now in getting your business started it sounded like you were you know you had enrolled in school but what were some of the bigger hurdles that you had and in getting the name out, I mean, you're you're in a completely different <laughs> business from you know the IT wonder communicator into your own business in uh, you know in um, a small smaller town. So tell me a little bit about what you found challenging and how you got over those roadblocks. I'm always going to give full credit to two things. Education, I think, is by far the biggest opportunity that minority and women can do is educate. I feel like I, I, I told my husband that, you know, you can be stripped of so many things in your life. Um, you know, there's a thun, stump, you know, things that happen that can be stripped. But the one thing you can't be stripped of is education, the things you learn, and that stays with you. And so for me, and then the second point is support, family. And that's, I'm lucky I was able to have both in my life. So for me, I came, I majored in communications and public relations, but I minored in business. And a lot of people who enter in this industry don't have that knowledge or that base. So they struggle along the way. Whereas myself, I knew how to make a business plan. I knew where to go look for um, a loan. And I knew the resources that were available to me through like small business development centers and different things like that, that I could easily create something for myself. I did work with a physician in San Francisco at a medical spa and got some base, you know, got some foundation training on that end as well. And um, I literally remember telling the doctor, Dr. Morrow, I said, look, I'm willing to work with you, do whatever I need to do to get the foundation of what you, your, your job is so I can better inherently do my job. And it was, an, it was a really good experience. So I always constantly educated myself. And then I looked for the resources that were available to small businesses. And there was a ton out there. And I think a lot of people underestimate that. Um, and then the second is my spouse. He was fully on board and supportive of me doing this. Like he said, no, if this is what you want to do, then by all means, you should do it. And um, he said he always had faith in me, more faith in me than times when I didn't have faith in me. Like, I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, no, you'll do it. You'll be fine. And so he was always there encouraging me and always giving me the assurance that I could do this. So I think those are the two things that were why I was able to establish my business and why I've been able to continue having success in my business. Right. That That's great. So it, it sounds like, you know, you, you had, you know, education, but you also matched that with an internship, essentially, with you know, a, um, a doctor who was well-known and established 
And then what you could do is just pick up some tips. How does she run the business? How does she, what does she do? Um, so um, that that's great. And what I'm hearing also is, you know, there's confidence and there's courage in what you've done all along. You know, you wanted to change and you you had support, you had education, but that courage is is something that I just want to shine a light on. What would you tell our listeners about finding that confidence and courage in themselves when they're making a transition to make their life better? Yeah, it's interesting that you asked me that because that is the one key that my friends have told me over and over again that has distinguished myself and that characteristically. And I don't even think second, I don't think twice about courage. I just think what resources do I have in front of me and how can I make this happen? So I, I don't even look at it as having courage. But then now that I reflect back and I know some friends who would like to go out on their own or do different things, you do have to be comfortable with the unknown, there has to be a degree you don't know. Um, there, there's also the level of, um, like I walked away from a 401k paid vacation. Yeah. It's like, you know, you you have to be comfortable with letting go of those level of securities. And maybe that's the courageous side. I don't know, because honestly, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I tell people a lot that we didn't, wealth was not ever a thing in my, in our lives and in my life as a child and anything you wanted, you had to work for, like, you know, my parents worked for providing us things and, um, you know, basic things. And then insurance, it was even a luxury at one point. So it wasn't like something you got when you got a job, it came later in years. Um, but it was definitely something you have to work for. So it's just, this is the true courageousness that it takes leaving that comfort zone because not, there wasn't a time if you could talk to your elders, you could talk to your aunties and your uncles and they'll tell you there was a time when some of these comforts, there was no such thing as uh, a sabbatical at one point, <laughs> you know, um, paid vacation or, right. you know, there just wasn't 401k, these perks that you walk into big corporation now and you get free food, lunch. And oh, yeah did not exist at some point so um but you know if you talk to your elders and you really speak to them and they'll tell you what true hardship looks like they'll tell you the true challenges they've gone through and then you have a sense of reality like these are this could be the worst or this could be the best and most of the time you're going to live somewhere in between but as long as you're willing to be open and make the necessary sacrifices to live the dream that you want to dream I guess that's the courageous part. Like you have to be open to that and have faith. I really had faith yeah. that these things would just work themselves out. If I kept putting the momentum out there, if I kept moving forward, that they would just work out. But yeah, I guess there is a sense of courageousness that goes with it to leave these comfort zones. And I would just tell people, you, you, if you truly believe in something, you truly have the passion for it, you owe it to yourself to explore it. But always have a plan B. Like if you're one of those personalities, A type, you need to have a plan B, plan, plan A and plan B, then have it. Whatever it takes to make you uh, go out there and do what you you do, I feel in this lifetime, you owe it to yourself to do it. 
Yeah, so it sounds like take those risks, make those sacrifices. And, and it sounds like, uh, again, your ancestors kind of, in many ways, were models and paved the way for, for all of us. You know, we've all had very hardworking grandparents and parents and aunts and uncles. And um, so it really sounds great. But then have a backup, you know, have something to do if things don't go as planned. I think those yeah. are really, really wise words. So um, I think it's great that you're, you're asking for our listeners to kind of go with the passion and go with the courage, find it and, and like Nike, just do it, you know, and that's the Absolutely. best learning that that's great. Um, so Janie, what, um, what from this point forward, how are you going to continue to live your life spectacularly? <laughs> and it could be business, personal, um, you know, in anything. What would you, what, what, what's on your, what's it in front of you to make your life even better? I, I feel I'm really fortunate right now to be where I am. There's no doubt about it. I give full credit to the fact that I've been a hard worker and genetically it's in me. My family has made the sacrifices and, um, you know, they work all their lives. Um, you know, I think I told you in the past, Jody, that we had a joke in my family. You, you know, unless, unless you were dying, you showed up like this, you just do it. My grandma would always say that to me, like, are you dying? No, then you need to go to school. You need to go to work. Okay. So there's that mentality. But I also think that helped me to get where I am right now. And we just had a major shift in the, in the universe with COVID-19. And the irony is I feel really good about my future. Uh, I don't know if I was preparing for this my whole life or, you know, but I feel like I'm, I, I'm living, despite the challenges they're having in COVID, I'm really, I'm in a place where I'm living a really good life and I feel really lucky and fortunate that I'm here where I am. But in the future, I see my business continuing to expand more on the virtual side of services and be able to provide virtual consultations and virtual spot parties. And I feel like that is a growth, an area that I'll be able to continue to shine and give me an opportunity I never imagined. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And, um, and I also feel like there's a balance that's coming because of everything that's happened in our lives. Um, we've all got to, we've all have a opportunity to slow down and really understand what's important to me. And mine is my relationship I, that I get to have with my spouse. Um, Barry and I are really unique and different people in many, many ways, but in some ways we're really, really sane. And I feel like if this is the one lifespan where I get to have a true love, a true relationship, that's amazing. That's an amazing, spectacular experience. So I want to continue honoring that with him, exploring what that means for the both of us. So, you know, we want to travel more, of course, we want to maybe cohabitate between two states and we want to just have more adventure and live life together and see what that means. And we're both of the mindset we, since day one, when I met him, I said to him, like, 
I, you know, if you want to be with me, you, you not only a, you need to earn being with me, but two, you need to like, we, you have to work hard. You have to take care of yourself. And he is one of those, we're the same minded person when it comes to that. We, our work ethics are strong. We truly believe the only way you get somewhere is you by putting in the time. And so we both have done that. And so now we see that the, all that time and all those sacrifices we made personally and professionally, we're actually starting to see that life coming into place. So we're even talking like early retirement and things like that, things we never imagined and more travel and more experiences together and more time. And I think that's a pretty perspective. I really feel like that's makes that a wonderful life, you know, yeah. being able to cherish those relationships and with friends and family that expands beyond that. But I think if I'm given one life, I'm going to make the most of it while I'm here. Wow, that that is remarkable. I love, I love hearing about the importance that you're giving to this strong bond with Barry, and um, and the realization that we can't take time or health for granted. We can do the best we can in those constraints, but. But really, and, and COVID and came down to this for a lot of people is, is we really can't take our relationships for granted. And it's, it sounds like you guys have some wonderful plans and recognize that, you know, it, it's time for us to do what we need to do. We don't know what the work mix will look like, but we have each other and that's that's what's in front of us and that's really important. That's wonderful. So Janie, um, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, so I'm now back in person three days a week. I am on site. I'm now, my shop has been open. I moved for the third time during COVID because the other locations closed. So I'm at 1129 First Street in Novato, California. Um, I'm open in person to see clients on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, which I am so happy that I get to see my clients again. But I'm also available on the virtual land. So at moonstoneskincare.com, you can visit my website. There you can see where you can set up a virtual service with me, including a facial or a virtual party if you want to have a virtual spa hour with your friends and family, which is so much fun. And then um, where you can do a consultation and there's just several different ways you can reach out to me. Also on social media at Moonstone Skincare, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I haven't taken on the other stuff like TikTok. I'm kind of old school, but uh, <laughs> so, but you can definitely reach me in the virtual world and on social media platforms and in person. If you ever decide you want to come in and get a facial with me, I'm, I'm available there as well. That, that's great, which I've got to say, I have had the pleasure of receiving facials in person and virtually from Janie, and they're really wonderful. Well, Janie, I really want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on your spectacular life, and I want to wish you and Barry and your pets all the best and best of success. Thank you, Jody, for having me. I really appreciate it, especially on this special day to you, Jody. Thank you again. Thank you. All right. You take care. You do the same. Bye.
Bye. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.